This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Hey, lovers, and welcome back to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm sex expert Dr. Cat, and this week, I've been hanging out with my boys, asking them about their dating and sex life here in Los Angeles. And my God, I feel for all of you out there, whether it's stories about getting blown up in the face for saying hi at the bar, not knowing what to do when your girlfriend's giving you the silent treatment for no apparent reason, or feeling petrified to even go in for that first kiss for fear she'll think you're a creep. I'm also jumping into all these conversations about masculine and feminine and what that even means. It can get really confusing. And sometimes I can imagine like another full-time job dating because we're just so using so much cognitive energy to navigate so it's not so weird or uncomfortable. We've got to change the process in which we date because I think it's doing us all a disservice. And it's absolutely exhausting me right now, but I get it. None of us are born knowing how to love or be loved until we try and learn again, or until we listen to this episode. This week is for all my sexy men out there and the women who are seeking your masculine king power. I've got the ultra cool Steven Taus here to help our men step up their skills in the dating and relationship world. And he had quite the journey to get get to us this morning. Steven, hi. Hey, Kat. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'm super appreciative to be here. Super grateful. Um, and for all you guys out there that follow uh, Kat Meyer, I totally get it. She is um, legit, really spectacular, <laughs> talented. Um, just getting to know her has been a real treat. This is, this is a, a really wise, insightful, um, capable person. So uh, keep doing what you guys are doing out there. I'm just telling you a little bit about myself. Um, the way I kind of want to come across to you guys that are listening is um, while I am a therapist, while I am a coach, um, and this is an area of expertise for me, relationships uh, and doing it right, uh, I want you to think of me more as like a friend. I want I want to be um, someone that you can just sort of talk to, listen to, walk uh, side by side with. I don't, I don't, I don't want to kind of walk out in front of you or behind you, but just sort of be seen as an equal. So, um, so Stephen wants you to know that he's a human. He's not an alien from outer space. Well, I don't know about that. Maybe some intergalactic quality, but <laughs> by and large, child. you know, just, I, I just want to come across that in a real friendly way. Um, and just connect to you guys and connections really the word. So as Kat was saying, I, um, I had a tough time getting here today, you know, and, and sort of like dating and relationships, like getting into dating, getting into relationships can be can be hard to make that connection. And I experienced that this morning, you know, I, 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 I turned my iPhone on and had it map me here to her uh, beautiful home. And I, um, I didn't have my battery so well charged and I ha- it, it just disconnected, it turned off and I couldn't, I could not uh, get it to go back on. And in that moment, I f- saw my reliance. I saw my connection on my partner, if you will, good old iPhone. <laughs> And I had to go off memory. I, I, I fortunately I made enough connection in my mind about what the address was and where it was, and I just sort of kind of had to like trust myself and wander the rest of the way. And I think that's kind of a good metaphor for what we're talking about in dating. Um, but <laughs> Don't be over reliant on your partner. <laughs> yes, trust no, your intuition. <laughs> a little bit of both, guys. A little bit of both. So nonetheless, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here and. Um, and talking about an important subject. Yeah, yeah. so we, before we jump into that, lovers, you are the reason that I do this show. <laughs> I wanna thank you for tuning in, for spreading the word, for leaving reviews and trying some of the suggestions that we recommend. I've been getting the most epic feedback on the products that we love and use ourselves because my goal is to really get you to eat, play, and sex better so you can improve your sex life, which will improve every aspect of your life. If you haven't already, please head to eplaysex.com where you can subscribe to the show, connect with me, and grab my sexy guides to boost your confidence, vitality, and sex life. 
Now, Stephen is a marriage and family therapist working in the realm of optimizing your relationships, and in particular, helping our men garner the skills required to have and hold a healthy, long-term relationship with a woman. Ugh, like melt my heart already, you warrior of all the love. <laughs> but seriously, we need you, King Stephen Dows. <laughs> I appreciate that. I really do. Thank you for the compliment. And uh, it is something that's really near and dear to my heart. You know, I I, uh, I love people. I love men. I love women. And I love seeing people happy. I love seeing people connected. And I've dedicated a lot of my life to, to you know, troubleshooting that and making that process easier for everybody out there. Because ultimately, that's not what we want. We all want to love. We all want to be loved. We all want to have sex. We want the sex to be good. I do. Um, that cat does. I mean, I, I do. I think a lot of people do. You know, so this is uh, this is my gift to you. Is just giving you the wisdom that I have, what the things that I've learned along the way, professionally and personally. You know, the, the wins and the losses. And I think men and women right now are really confused about this whole dating culture that we're in because nobody really knows what to do or say, and it's not it's not going to offend or trigger somebody. And I don't even know. Maybe that's not the point to try to avoid triggering somebody, but it's creating a lot of inhibition and anxiety about making moves or even just like all out fear of intimacy. Mm-hmm. And we're I, we're getting blasted with messages from the media right now, especially. And I think it's freaking people out. Totally. <laughs> I agree. I think people get freaked out. I think dating is is tricky and scary. And I think it's probably always going to be that way. And maybe with modern technology, that's a little bit more challenging. But just from the outset, what I want to say is, um, of course, you're going to be nervous. Like if I'm talk- talking to the dudes out there, if there's a girl that you want to um, ask out or is interesting to you, of course, you're going to be a little nervous about it. Um, and the point is for you to, to, to move through it anyway, to trust that, you know, you're good enough the way you are mm. and ask for what you want. And it starts with, um, asking her, saying hello, letting her know that, that you think she's interesting. would like to get to know her better and creating some form of a plan, go to coffee, you know? <laughs> um, but I think before that even starts is, um, I think people, all of us have a variety of shame that kind of blocks us and th- we think to ourselves, we're not good enough for whatever the reason, whatever oh, the story is. Mm-hmm. Um, good enough for what? That's what I always wonder. Like, what are we comparing? What's the enough? What's that? What's that marker that says enough? Like, is there a measurement of this? Yeah, I don't know how, why it's there or how it works or, 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 or any of that. I just know that it seems like we all have our own kind of personal journey with it. And the idea is to just um, kind of work with it, like dismiss it to the best you can. And really, man, I, I, we're all built um, with gifts. We're all built with love in our hearts, with intelligence. And the idea is to just to, to own that and to go for what you want. And it starts, it starts, it starts like that. Mm. How do you see the dating culture right now? And I guess it's it's pretty different here in Los Angeles, right? But how are you seeing men and women showing up in the dating? Um, I think dating in the modern world has become complex with <laughs> with all the media stuff, with all the technological stuff. And I think that there's been um, a movement away from doing it the traditional way, which in my experience just works. So just as you guys hear me talk, I'm going to have more of a traditional uh, point of view or perspective. And... Um, I think what what needs to happen in returning is like uh, men are uh, the ones who kind of ask out the girl. And I think that men are getting afraid of that and they're they're doing less of that or or they're not sure how to how to do it anymore. And that's part of my gift to give and the work that I do is is you are the man you are. You are the the lead. You're the one who's going to kind of ask her out and create the date and um, provide an experience and see how it goes. Um, and I think that we're removed from that. I think that um, uh, many either have, either have forgotten um, or, or nervous to do this or, or even in the worst situations feel entitled or feel like it's unfair that it shouldn't be this way. Mm. Um, and my experience is, is that women um, are, are missing this uh, and that they love this. They appreciate this. Pretty much all my dating experience and the experience that I, in my work with with men and women is that women are very much waiting for you 
men to um, take 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 a chance, you know, and and mm. say hi, and I'm interested, and I'd like to get to know you, and like I want to take you somewhere, and we're so we're so uh, far off from that. And the mm. worst case situations is, is, you know, men who may be listening and thinking that's unfair. Oh, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. Um, why can't this and why can't that? And which creates such a victim mentality. I think that that actually disempowers you more than empowers you to say that. Mm-hmm. And so I think <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of Netflix and chills. Hey, baby, come over. Let's Netflix and chills <laughs> or like, you know, or um, mm-hmm. on Tinder. And it's like, hey, babe, what you doing? Yeah, and I you? think that that's sort of like, you know, you know, is chivalry gone? No, it's not gone. But, you know, we've got we've got less of it. We have more of these comments like like Kat was saying. So let me just take you back a little bit. You can just think about this, right, is is I want to talk about um, uh, men and the masculine energy. Um, and I, we'll, we'll talk more about masculine and feminine. But just from the beginning, think of masculine as an energy um, that you need to embody and have some integration with to get more of what you want in the world. And so let's go back to like primal time. I mean, imagine, you know, the tribal days, you know, men, men uh, would go out and, on the hunt and, and go get the deer, you know, as far as I know, that wasn't like a function of like the women of the village, like the, the men really were charged this task of we're going to go and, uh, and, and, and find the deer and, and get the deer. Right. Or like in, you know, maybe a little bit more modern times when things go bump in the night. Right. The, the, usually the, the guy goes and checks what it is. You know, I, I didn't make up any of these rules. I, you know, I wasn't there to kind of determine you know, who was going to do what. It just seems to be what it is. Or even in like things like you can imagine like when you're on a date. It, usually the man drives the car. The You know, the woman doesn't really want to do that. I imagine sometimes that, that does happen. But, you know, he he drives the car or even like in dances, whether it's like the lumbada or the polka or the waltz. Like they're what? They somehow like the male. <laughs> I don't even know what those are. <laughs> The male just leads the dance, man. The male leads it, and I don't think I, I don't think this is sexist at all. I, I didn't make any of this up. Like I said, I'm I'm just kind of reporting my experience. Is that um, the more that the man can sort of embody this and say, okay, I am going to be charged with asking for what I want and going for what I want and creating the experience, the better. And my experience is women really are. I know I've said this twice now that are waiting for men to just do that to just say Mm. hey i like you i'm interested in you i want to know you a little bit better which is vulnerability i think women want vulnerability i think men do too but when we can show up in that vulnerable space it's like i'm letting you see me and exactly where i'm at you know despite whatever your response is i'd love to be able to get into and share with our listeners what what we mean by uh these terms masculine and feminine because i swear to god i hear them thrown around everywhere Mm -hmm. they're pretty buzzwords right now like step into your masculine or embody your feminine and i'm like what are you talking about So how can we enlighten our clients, or our, like clients? <laughs> Y'all are my clients. <laughs> All of our listeners out there. Yeah, thanks for saying that. I think that's really important. So let's just back up a step and can I get a little bit of a common language for what this is? So um, think of masculine and feminine as energies. Um, think of them as really good friends. Um, they work together. They have a harmony um, and, and when they're aligned, all the magic happens. Mm. Um, that also like they, they can sort of become disaligned or misaligned, I should say. And then that causes a lot of problems, but mm. I want you to think of it as energy. I want you to think of them as good friends. And here's kind of the, the traits I would say, right? Um, masculine is, uh, solid. It is clear, uh, intelligent, uh, has good logic. You know, is accountable and responsible, uh, honest, present, mm-hmm. and maybe one of the one of the greatest ones is committed. There's uh, mm. is is really really clear and committed. Uh, whereas the feminine, you can think of as like having um, beautiful uh, flexibility, creativity, um, uh, uh, mastery of emotions, um, psychic, uh, mm. multifaceted. Uh, radiant, beautiful, um, all of these are traits that I would, that I would uh, consider to be within the feminine. And where the two have overlap is both of them embody love, both of them embody wisdom, 
both of them have have strength. And um, what they are not, right, is this is where kind of where the buzzwords that Kat's referring to is, um, I think a lot of people think feminine, feminist, they start thinking about like a, you know, a short haired woman who's a lesbian who's outside of a courthouse and she's raising all kinds of hell for some political issue or some woman who's angry um, at men or something like that. That's not feminine. That, 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 that's not the definition of what that is. Um, and neither is masculine something like uh, machismo or control or violence or I have to get my way or I am the man of this house and you are going to do these mm. things and I am the best and you mm-hmm. are the worst. Like that's not masculine. Those sound like like extreme versions of of what you're describing. Yes. And we get caught up in these. So I want you to think of it too is like we you know we each have masculine and feminine inside of us. I have masculine energy, I have feminine energy and I, I hope to use them in an integrated mature way to live a good life and to connect with people in the world, um, to connect with my wife, you know? And I, as we have this conversation, I'll speak more stereotypically, not, not in a sexist way, but just so that it's just easier as we're moving the conversation, uh, is that mostly um, in a heterosexual relationship, men will predominantly embody more of the masculine energy and women will predominantly kind of um, embody more of the feminine. And when those are aligned and balanced, like I said earlier, that's where all the fun and all the magic happens. And when those get out of alignment, and that's what I'm seeing a lot in the dating world, um, things get depolarized, which means it's just a kind of a flip-flop of roles. And it causes a lot of stagnation, frustration, um, anxiety, and and, uh, bad to no sex at all. Mm, yeah. And I think, you know, you bring up a really good point that we embody both of these characteristics. So in other in um, more of like the Eastern philosophy is I'll talk to people about yin and yang, the yin being more like these feminine characteristics, as you're describing, and the yang being more of these active masculine characteristics, as you're describing, and having them both brings that balance or that wholeness. And so I can see when you're bringing this into a relationship, it's almost like this, that concept of uh, opposites attract or or just that polarity, like you were saying, it's 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 complementary to each other. Yeah. So if you're out there and you can picture that that yin and yang symbol, um, picture that now. Or if that's something you're not familiar with, picture like a swimming pool. <laughs> um, okay. And that sounds funny. And I want you to think about it like this way. So as she was saying, yang is sort of this sort of masculine, and the yin is this uh, beautiful feminine. Um, and so the swimming pool, the the, the container it would be the masculine, right? This kind of solid, strong, uh, clear, um, committed container. And when it's really good and really set and very mature, um, this beautiful yin or this beautiful water will uh, enter and and the, the masculine will be able to hold that. So in the realm of relationships, this is what this, this is, this is, this is like heaven on earth. Heaven on earth happens when, imagine like you've, you know, You've connected with your your woman or your man. Maybe you've just had really great sex, right? And um, the woman puts her head on his chest and there's like a cuddle. There's like a connection. It's one of the greatest feelings in the world um, for a man to know that he he can hold her, right? While she's resting on him. That's this this water in the container, this like uh, beautiful yin that's just sort of sitting right on top of the yang. And when that happens, right, and it's in its mature uh, element, uh, the two massage against each other. The, the masculine massages the feminine. The feminine massages the masculine, and it's it's a uh, it's harmony. It's heaven. Mm, wow. And then, so when we talk about the. Because we're going to get a lot of people who are who are arguing about these are gender um, stereotypes. Right. Or that it's sexist. And so yeah. Forth. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Or what about LGBT kind of thing? How would you describe that to somebody who has that question? Mm-hmm. For those who are um, gay or lesbian, they're listening. Um, the same rules apply. One, one of you will, um, tend to naturally need to embody more of the masculine and the other will need to embody more of the feminine so that the, the energies are aligned. Um, so, Sometimes it doesn't matter what type of relationship it is. Um, both partners may be kind of jockeying or fighting for one position, um, and that causes you know foreseeable kind of struggles. And the, and the idea is to sort of figure out you know which one you are. You know which are you the one that needs to hold more of the masculine for the relationship, or are you the one that needs to hold more of the feminine 
so that it stays in balance. Mm, I like that. Mm -hmm. And then I also hear, I've heard this from guys a lot. This is actually a repeat, repeated question that I get from guys. They're like, she keeps, I understand she's being in her feminine and being emotional, but she's screaming at me and she's yelling at me and she's like saying I'm a shithead and like all this stuff. And they're like, I don't know that I want to hold this. Is that healthy for them to continue, you know, continue to be that container or is that, mm -hmm. you know, at what point do you say, hey, wait a minute, I actually think this is abusive. <laughs> totally. This is a great question and it's something that's not uncommon. So um, there are, like I was saying earlier, these kind of immature versions of the masculine and feminine. So immature masculine looks like um, cracking, um, breaking, um, uh, using force, using violence. Uh, in the feminine, it looks like, um, it can look like tantrums and uh, manipulation or coercion um, or like attack, just really like attacking character is my experience with that. And so I would never suggest that, that, that uh, a person tolerate what they see as outright abuse. And to me, that would look like you know, really harsh name calling. I would say name calling is a really big no-no for a relationship. Don't mm. tolerate that. Mm -hmm. um, or when the screaming reaches a level that's just beyond what it should be. Mm -hmm. And what you're really looking for is, you know, uh, for, I'm talking to the men out there, the woman is, is you're looking for a woman who who's in her mature feminine, who's just telling you how she feels. She is angry with you because you promised to do this and then you didn't do it or, yeah, yeah. or whatever it is. You can tolerate that, right? So the goal here is, um, I was saying this a little earlier this morning, is as a strong you know, man who is in his masculine energy, which would be solid to be, create the container, is she is going to get mad sometimes. Part of the fun of having, having a relationship or having a woman is that she's going to have feelings. Ah, and sometimes how dare she how dare <laughs> and she's gonna she's sometimes gonna be in a bad mood oh, you know? god that was me this morning <laughs> and, and the, the idea is 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 you know if, if this is your girlfriend or your wife is that you know i think one of the things you got to get to is that you just love her and embrace her completely good mood bad mood or she's fireballing all hell at you or she's whispering sweet nothings and let's just you know go back to fireball so she's maybe giving you a bit of hell Right. The idea is to be able to just hold that strong masculine energy that's residing in your chest. What does that mean? Hold that. It means don't freak out. It's <laughs> like if you're in a if you're the swimming pool, you're the container. If there's cracks in the in in the container, the water's going to start moving through there. You can't 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 mm -hmm. have that. You need to you need to be able to sit there and look at her and listen use your senses she's what she's doing out there is this is really important if I, if you get anything out of this this whole podcast it's this when she's doing that she's opening her heart if this is if this is a mature woman in her in her feminine she's opening her heart to you she's communicating that she's angry she's taking a risk she's becoming vulnerable and i would take this as a very very high compliment that she actually has the vulnerability or the emotional capacity to tell you what's really going on. And it's mm -hmm. really important that you see this as a very high gift of intimacy. Slow down, look at her, listen. You can take the fire. This is something that you can do. I know you can without responding in defense, without telling her mm -hmm. she's wrong, without raising your voice above hers to kind of control it. Let her communicate. What this is going to do is... It's going to make her feel like she can share things with you. One of the worst things that you could do is begin to defend, begin to uh, debate, you know, use force, explain why she's wrong and you're right. All that's going to do is inform her that you can't handle shit. You can't handle her. She can't expose her true feelings and her true heart. And she has to do this dance for you because quite honestly, you're not strong enough to handle it yet. Mm. Right. So I want you to see the paycheck here. Um, I'm speaking to um, those of you that are going to be uh, holding more of the masculine. Is this is this is where you get to feel like a king. And the moment doesn't always feel good, but when you can hold it and she can express it, and you can kind of go, "Okay, I understand that." I uh, see you. I see you. Mm. She can drop and be her beautiful, radiant, feminine self again. And relax into you because she knows that she can tell you things and that you can handle it. Mm. And the payoff for you is it's a type of muscle. It's a type of muscle that leads you into really feeling like a, 
a mature man, uh, a man who who can who can be in his king energy and sort of preside over a relationship in a, in a mature way. Um, really important, really, really important. Mm. So the only time, right, is you don't do this is if, she, if it's clear to you that she is doing this in some sort of coercive, manipulative way or she's trashing on you for the sake of trashing on you, then you lay down that check, bro. <laughs> then you lay down that check and you let her know what time it is. And you say, no, snap, stop, snap. stop. You don't, and you don't, this isn't permission to call her, you know, an F and B or whatever, or start, you know, uh, trash on her. You just let her know what time it is that you're not going to play that game mm. and lay that check down. And let her know that she's not going to do that. Right. She needs that. Um, otherwise she's just going to keep bombing on you, man. So um, eventually, if this is a, a woman that, that has some sense and some maturity, when she calms down, she'll, she'll say she's sorry. Um, and if she's continuing to hold some prideful stance, that's going to let you know kind of where she's at in her maturity and what she's able to do in a relationship. Mm, and to be able to show up for love or give and receive love, I'm sure. Totally. So what happens, Ian, and you mentioned earlier about this. Um, I'm loving this right now. Um, you said for the masculine to be this level of commitment and strength. What it, what is it? it Cause I picture a non-safe container for masculine being like one foot out, one foot in. And when somebody is one foot out and one foot in, even if it's not overt, but it's something that's, that's more of like a feeling that the person's halfway in, halfway out, that can't possibly feel like a, a strong container for a woman to melt or be in her, as you're saying, feminine mm -hmm. or be vulnerable in mm -hmm. that. Cause there must be that fear of, well, if I say something that's true, they might be out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kat. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I, I, I call this one the strongest beam in the building. If this is a skyscraper and, and underneath that were all these different steel beams holding it in place. The greatest of those beams is, is, um, the capacity for commitment mm. and the feminine or woman is um, expert, expert at detecting um, if it's really committed or if it's, uh, you know, one foot in and one foot out. And if you want the, the full gift of what the feminine or what a woman has to offer, it requires full commitment, right? Mm. It's the strongest beam. And she knows she can feel it, whether it's conscious or unconscious, how committed or how safe it is. And that's going to dictate how much of the gift or how much of the connection can happen. So yeah. if you want the whole thing, you want to really have it full and, and, and deep, you got to be all in on that. Mm. You got to be we, all in. We talked about this also in with the episode with Elena from the Yoni Empire. And we were talking how our bodies respond to this. If we know that our partner is uh, half consciousness or half there, half not with us, that our, that our uh, vulvas will respond and, and not... Um, in wetness or in openness or closeness or, or like our body is constantly speaking to us. So if we're talking about this masculine and feminine energies and, and you're mentioning the polarity, how does this manifest in sex? That's great. I'm just thinking of how a little play on words calling it uh, vulvability, you know, <laughs> um, men, we want, we want that uh, vulva, you know, we want, we want them to feel like they can be vulnerable or have that vulvability. Um, I'm a hashtag that. I'm trending something right now. Vulnerability. Little, little joke. Steven, don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, in, in sex, this is I, the best way I know how to do this. Okay, so um, it, it really, I want to start on the first date, right? There's a lot of information that happens that leads all the way to the, 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 the experience of sex. And the first one is a man and his masculine will be able to look at and pick the girl that he, that he wants to ask out. And then he does. Okay. She doesn't ask him out, whatever. Maybe she smiled or flipped her hair to give him the sign, but he went and he did that. He, he committed, he made a decision and then he approached. And then after that, he calls her and then he sets up a plan, right? Like I'm, we're going to go and have uh, sushi and sake on Friday night. Right. And she he creates this plan. All this is like very informative to her. What it does is it gives her the experience of um, being desired and pursued going into the dating. I will reach the sex part, but going into the dating part is women want to feel desired and pursued. And the ultimate experience is for her to eventually feel totally cherished by her man. 
Um, so you creating the date is very informative. It's really like, hey, I'm committing to this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you to sushi and sake. And then you go and you do this chivalrous thing, man. You open up the door, let her sit, you know, let her, you know, um, order what she wants to order. You act interested, you listen to her, you make contact with her and, and have the experience, right? All these things are very informative to her. They're letting her know who you are and what you're really capable of doing. And I think of this and as like foreplay. <laughs> it, it, think of it exactly as foreplay. In fact, sex for a woman, in my experience, happens sometimes days ahead or yeah. even hours ahead. Like, you know, for you know, us men out there, you know, it doesn't take much. I and mean, we can have sex with furniture if we try hard enough. No! But, oh, my God. I'm hiding my bunny slippers. But for a woman, this takes a little bit of, like, um, finessing and give, providing an experience. You know, so by the time it eventually reaches the bedroom, you know, um, if you've done these things right and communicated in your words and in your behaviors that there's real interest and there's some uh, commitment, um, the vulva is not going to be a problem. Uh, it's, she's going to she's going to be open to it, and the experience is going to is going to be better. Is my experience now? There's no hard fast rule. I mean, every every everybody's different, but I would say stereotypically, if you can do those things, um, sex is going to be much more. Uh, opened up and relaxed for, for like a great experience. Mm. And, and again, I'll go back to, I, of course our mind wanders in sex and whatnot, but when a partner can be fully present with you, and I mean, present in their fingertips, holding their partner makes it so much easier to open and melt to that because it's like my partner actually sees me. They don't see a fantasy of me. They aren't thinking about another woman or man they're not thinking about what they're supposed to be you know other things that they could be doing they are here with me they are choosing me powerfully in this moment and whoa, what is hotter than that nothing's hotter than that <laughs> that's it right there As I mean, no, nobody, nobody wants right nobody wants to have sex with someone who's thinking about somebody else no. you want them thinking about you no right we don't want to shame anybody of course my mind wanders is some like really hot chick that i met the other day but it's can i bring my mind back right can i bring it back to anchor on what's happening in front of me mm-hmm. yeah my, my experience especially as it relates to like the orgasm is it's going to be its most fullest uh and most pleasurable when all the things that cat just described are happening when you're you know you can feel your fingertips and you're looking at um, your partner's eyes and you're, you know, appreciating their body and your body and you're, 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 you're really connected and present mm -hmm. in that moment. That's, that's what does it. That, that's in my experience, the best sex. Yeah. Yeah. And the more relaxed you can be, then the greater your orgasms can be. But we get so hard focused on this, um, tense tension building and, and building up to, and we're seeking the end end goal, but it, then we miss the whole process mm -hmm. of it. Well, I'd be curious to ask you about this as you're the sex pro, but my, my, my experience professionally and personally is like, you know, going back to like these immature versions of masculine and feminine and, and particularly shame is like, you know, I think there are a lot of men who they're afraid of uh, not satisfying their mm. woman. They're, they're, you know, they get, you know, wrapped up and, you know, is their cock big enough or are they doing this right? You know, are they, are, are they using their fingers well enough or their mouth well enough? And, and, you know, or just getting lost in that they think that they should be, you know, uh, you know, getting blown or she's supposed to do this or that and, you know, or he's looking at himself in the mirror a little too long versus looking at you, you know, or like these, these things. And then there's a lot of, there's a lot of these pieces that cause for disconnection. And, you know, my experience with women is women are, you know, uh, many of them are, are not in their bodies or they have shame around their mm. bodies or they don't feel like they're beautiful. They don't feel like they're sexy and, you know, they want the lights off or they want to be under the covers and they're, they're worrying about, um, how they are, you know, um, and, and I think these things sort of cause disconnection. I think the more that you can be in your, your radiant feminine and be like, I'm a sexy motherfucker. I'm beautiful. <laughs> and, right. And, I, and I'm going to enjoy myself or embodying your masculine and being like, look, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm clear. I'm here with you. And this is, and, and we are, um, fucking or making love or whatever the mood is. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know your thought about that, Kat. Like, you know, people, their disconnections, their, their, 
uh, judgments of themselves or shame, how that kind of plays out in sex. Yeah, I mean, shame is a is a headspace. <laughs> shame brings us into our head and not in our bodies. And sex is a is a body or energetic experience. So if we're spending time in our heads judging, then we're not as in, we're not as sensitive. We're not as in tune with the the sensory. Um, uh, reception that's occurring. So, and then even on top of that, shame creates creates stress, creates tension in the body. Which, when we know physiologically, tension closes sensory receptors. We're a lot more, a lot less sensitive when we're tense in the body. Mm -hmm. So, in order to feel more sensitive, we have to be relaxed um, and to be able to drop into the body and more into the pleasure pieces, uh, dropping into your own pleasure and not projecting onto the other person I've got to please her I've got to please him but being in your own and imagining radiating that outward is probably the most attractive thing like I get turned on when my partner's turned on you know or my partner gets turned on seeing me turned on mm -hmm. um, it's really sexy when we see our partners turn themselves on so it's almost like this conventional sex is how can I please them? Or how can I get them off? Or how can I get them to blow their mind? But it, instead, it's bringing it back to ourselves. And shame causes a whole bunch of that. So I think it's important to, to work on, to understand our shame pieces. Um, I notice with partners, and maybe maybe you can talk more on this, um, the, the idea of eye gazing with a partner while you're making love, or even orgasming, which is one of the most vulnerable things to do is like connect eyes when you're orgasming but a lot of people hold that shame or they hold the fear of oh my god you're going to see me in that space and they avoid eye contact or they close their eyes yeah totally yeah it's just so i have a little bit of a similar language um really fast and, you know guilt is about uh, remorse about a behavior mm -hmm. and shame is about um that that you are wrong, that there's something about me that's wrong, that's mm. broken. And then if you knew this about me, um, you would not like me, that you would reject me, that you would think I was this kind of weird person. Yeah. And everybody has that, um, their own variety of that. And in sex, this, 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 this affects sex, you know, like Kat was saying, like, you know, if you're, if you have this shame operating, you know, it may, it may stop you from feeling totally yourself or being able to enjoy totally the experience or really connecting with who you're looking at, being able to look at them and orgasm at the same time. And I'm, how many people do that? I mean, I hope that there's a lot of people doing it, but I imagine there's folks out there that, you know, can do one or the other, or maybe can't, can't do either of them because these, these, um, these thoughts, these thoughts of shame are, are, are uh, blocking their total capacity for love of themselves, love of their partner, and, and a great, you know, experience in sex. As a therapist, how would you suggest people begin to look at those things or begin to even understand how they're ruling their behaviors? Mm. Million dollar question. Maybe go and see a therapist. <laughs> well, I would say, yeah, go see a therapist, go see a coach, or if there's people that you really, really trust, you know, who know you, like if you have a best friend or like a really good, you know, maybe family member who you feel close with, like I think talk, I think first thing is, is really just talking about that. Um, that's, that's good medicine. So shame, by the way, this is my experience, is sort of a, a low level energy. It likes to kind of hide in the dark. It likes to kind of sit kind of low in the body. Um, and here's what I've come to know about it is it has a great desire. I'm giving shame its own personality. Yeah. Here. Hello, shame out there. Um, is that shame has a great desire to be freed. You can think of it as a slave. It's it's confined and it's shackled in this kind of dark place and it's full of fright and it just wants to be um, released. And most people have a sense of what it is. And I think the ways that you can do that uh, are simply to talk about it or maybe begin writing um, or if you're, you know, a someone who meditates, meditate uh, or, or, you know, say some prayers or people who know you really well, they might actually be able to reflect that and say, like, you know, what is the shame that you see in me um, and have them have them answer the question as like a hint of what's really real. My sense is that most of us do have like a a um, an awareness of what it is. And that's the beginning It's really just to kind of call it out and name it. What that does immediately starts pulling it into the light where it can eventually kind of be freed. 
And that's the ultimate, the ultimate goal is for you to be free of that shame. So you're really just your wonderful, um, your wonderful self, your wonderful divine self, the way that you were originally made without mm. blocks of, of some story about how you're not, how mm-hmm. you're not this wonderful person that you are. And that's true. I'm talking to everybody out there. Now, this isn't cheesy. All of you are wonderful. Oh, thank you, King Stephen. <laughs> And and at the same time, um, out for all of you lovers out there, just because you get triggered by something or you had a bad day doesn't mean that you're a less evolved human. I think what makes you an evolved human is that you're able to recognize, hey, right now things just aren't okay. And I see it. (laughs) Things are kind of shit right now. And uh, and I'm okay. I will be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe in another way, just to sort of like kind of soften this a bit is like, don't don't beat yourself up because you have this like we we really we all have this in fact if you didn't have this it probably would mean that you're like a a psychopath like you're probably like you know you know like without any remorse i mean like it's probably there's probably some part that's serving to just sort of say like hey i need to kind of check certain parts of myself Love that. And I always tell people, self-inquire, you know, like you and I talk all this stuff, but it's not necessarily to tell people exactly how to live. This is the right way to live your life and and to love and all the things. But it's more of like, okay, take what we're saying and then self-inquire. What fits for me? What's triggering me? What's what's coming up for me? Yeah, totally. You know, they say in other circles, you know, um, take what fits and leave the rest. You know, I I, I want you to do that. Like if there's stuff that we're saying that really resonates and is useful to you, then take it and, and use it and if and if it's not then don't you know we're, we're not like the gurus of life here we're just sharing wisdom and, and wanting you guys to um really enjoy yourselves all the more one of the things that i love about your philosophy you really give space for people to have triggers and make mistakes and you i remember having coffee with you one time you said in this modern day we need to update these vows that people are taking for marriage or for committed relationships and that kind of thing and i and you shared it to me and i was like ah oh, yeah that that's what i want <laughs> can you can you share with our lovers out there what what this uh updated vows was this modern day vows yeah so um for all you guys out there this is this is i, I wish i had a more articulate um elegant way of saying this but i don't so i'm just going to say it the way i know how to say it so um, the first thing is, is the first relationship that you have is a relationship with yourself and you want it to be a good one. If you mm-hmm. can't have a good relationship with yourself, you can imagine what it's going to look like with other people. You might be able to f- have good relationships or fake them out a little bit, but it's not going to be what you could totally have. So, yeah. um, the vows are, are, or, or what I call the baggage, the bags, you know, the shit is, is it's about the relationship you have with yourself and the relationship you have with your partner. Right. So I'll, I'll use myself and, uh, as if I, my wife were in front of me is, is being, you know, being able to say something like this. Oh, wait, by the way, let, let me just say this. So traditional wedding vows of for richer and poorer and sickness and health and, you know, good and bad and all this shit. It, 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 no one, no one cares. My, <laughs> no, my, my, my experience when I go to these weddings are that where those kind of vows are there is, is, um, people are just getting through it. Even the bride and groom are just getting through it because they want to get to the cocktail hour and they're not really feeling the sacredness of what they're doing in creating a bonded union so that they can go on in their life with, with like true love. And that's why I think it's that, that, that those old vows just aren't playing. It doesn't have anything to do with divorce, you know, marital success. Divorce is popular. So here's what I suggest. Okay. Here's the first, yeah, the first vow, the first thing is you gotta admit you got some baggage, right? So it looks like this. Hey, honey, so I'm gonna be moving in, right? I'm moving in and I wanna admit to you that I got this baggage and I got this shit and uh, yeah, it's my, these are my bags and I, I promise to you that throughout our relationship, I will, uh, I will take care of these bags, you know, they're, they're mine. Um, and she says, okay. And the second vow, right, is to say, um, honey, you know, not only um, do I have these vows, um, but sometimes like during the course of our relationship, I'm going to, um, uh, I'm going to forget that I have these, this baggage. I'm going to forget that I have this shit. Right. And, uh, I promise to you that when you say, Hey babe, um, uh, I think you forgot about those bags over there. Uh, I'd like you to kind of work <laughs> on it. Um, I will say, you know, honey, shoot, you're right. I did. I did. I forgot about the, my bags. I forgot about my baggage. Let, let me go work on that. Um, and I will. 
Um, and that is so that this relationship stays healthy, healthy for me, healthy for you, healthy for the actual relationship. And the last, the last vow is I have to, you know, admit that like part of the baggage is this, is not only do I have this baggage, honey, not only will I forget that I have this baggage, but even worse, sometimes I'm going to think that my baggage is your baggage. (laughs) And when you say, oh no, no, dear, that's not my baggage. That's your baggage. I'm going to say, oh shit, you're right. You're right. These are my bags. Let, Let me, let me return to working on them. Um, for the same reason, right? So that I can stay healthy, I can be present for you, and the relationship stays healthy. The, here, this is the problem, right? You can sort of see this is what happens with ourselves and what happens in relationships is um, we don't work on our baggage. Everybody has it. I have it. We all have it. And you got to work on it. So if you're not working on it, it's a problem. And then if you're going to forget about it um, and then get defensive when your partner points it out, that's another problem. Not going to be good for you. Not going to be good for her. Not going to be good for the relationship. And then, and then even worse is if you're not only getting defensive about it and forgetting about it, but that you actually are like blaming it on this other person, mm-hmm. saying that it's theirs. Then we got a really big problem, right? And that's what I see a lot of is just lack of personal accountability around their baggage. Yeah. And the more that we own it, the better it gets. It's really the truth. Oof. Oof, I love that. Take the responsibility for your own self-development and bring that into the partnership. I, I firmly believe that individualization is sacred within sacred partnership. Totally. See, the better that we are with ourselves, the better everything goes, right? So I want you to think about it this way when you're maybe, uh, if this works for you and, and, and it resonates with you is there really is three things going on in this whole process. There's the relationship with yourself, right? That's one part. And then there's the second part of there's your relationship with with him or her, right? That's the second part. And then there's a the third part, which is the actually the relationship itself. Right? Mm. And each of these three things need to get fed, you know, need to be need to be looked at um, so that it stays healthy. I love this so much. Wow, this what an epic interview this was. I wonder if you could give, we've given so much information for our uh, for our listeners. I wonder if you could give them a couple of takeaways that they can take with them right now and implement into their life. Yes, I can do that. So I would say uh, one of the first things that you can do um, for immediate impact is if you're if you're a guy and you're and you're um, going to take a girl on a date, um, or if you're already in a relationship, I cannot stress to you enough that it is your duty as the man, as a man in his mature masculine, to create safety. Right? You are the man. You are that guy who's going to check and see if something's gone bump in the night. You are the, you are you are the guy who's charged the responsibility. So. Do what you need to do, like bring the right vibe, bring the right attitude, be patient with her, create this sort of safe space for her. And if things are going awry, um, the first question I might have you, I'd ask you is how might this be a safety issue? And it probably is. And and if you can find out what it is, then you can start patching it up. That that will make an immediate difference. Your relationship must have this. Um, And I guess as you know, a lot of men will think they're getting nagged by their woman. Don't think of it as nagging, right? The man creates the container and the woman sort of inspects the integrity of it. And that kind of goes on throughout the relationship. So have a good attitude about it. She's just going to show you where the holes are. And your job is just to sort of patch it so it stays stays nice and uh, nice and safe, nice and tight. Um, and for women, that's what, what I'd be looking for, right? If you're, if you're really um, looking to have an experience with a man, if it's casual or long-term, is you want to at least know that this guy can fulfill this function. If mm. he can't, um, then he can't, mm. right? And it's not it's it's not going to make whatever your kind of uh, short term casual dating experience um, feel good, or it's not going to make a long term relationship feel good. This is this is an element that's like a a must. Mm. Um, the last thing I guess I would say is like a quick uh, tip that you can use for immediate um, success is um, ask for what you want, be who you are. You know, um, don't try to be something you're not, you know, um, and really ask for what you want. Be clear about that. It's not it's not fair to um, leave breadcrumbs for your partner to like figure out, you know, like lead, lead like a decoder ring where she's supposed no. to figure out that you want this or that you're in a bad mood 
right? Ask her, tell her what, tell her what you want. Um, because quite honestly, she has to do the same thing. She has to figure out what she wants and clearly tell that to you. It's not fair for them to figure it out. Um, and I promise you, while it may be a little uncomfortable, uh, it's how you actually um, get things done and it's how you, how you, how you get the things that you want is by actually stating it out loud with yeah. some clarity. So um, don't be afraid to do that. Like take the risk. That's what it's all about. That's yeah. how you have a relationship. Give yourself the space to self-inquire to figure out what it is that you want so you can communicate it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we're just perpetuating exactly that which we don't want. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen. Oh, thank you so much, Stephen. This is this is going to up-level our dating world and I think save so many humans from mass destruction of themselves. <laughs> wow. So where can they find out more about you and your work? Yeah, thanks. You can find me a few different ways. Um, I have uh, two sites. You can come to TausWellnessCenter.com um, or you can also go to TheMentorForMen.com. I'm reachable in both places. Um, and you can also contact me directly at 310-351-3528. And in hopefully not the too, too distant future, I'll be, uh, I'll be putting out a, a book, my first book. It's yeah, a relationship book. Yeah, so, you will. Uh, look out for that. Eventually, it'll, it'll come on the scene. But for now, um, those are the best ways to contact me. And um, I hope that I've given you something today that resonates, that's useful to you. And if you want more, uh, it would be my absolute honor and privilege to connect with you and and try to help you um, get where you're what you're wanting, what you're looking for in life. You. <laughs> And lovers, thank you again for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please head to eatplaysex.com to subscribe to the show, to connect with me and grab my sexy guides. You can check out all the information for Steven there in the show notes. Because my goal here is to get you to eat, play, and sex better. So you can improve your sex life, which will improve every aspect of your life. We'll see you next time on Eat, Play, Sex, because sex matters. Thanks for tuning in, lovers. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out eatplaysex.com. Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life. <laughs>